Hi, I'm Felice Cohen, author of Living Large in 90 Square Feet or More, and you're listening to the Get You Some Radio Show with Terry Lancaster. Yum, yum, get you some. Now, now, now. now. Your weekly dose of inspiration, inspiration, perspiration, perspiration, and just the right amount of bull defecation. <laughs> the Get You Some Radio Show with your host, the vice president of making shit happen, Terry Lancaster. They said we couldn't do it. They said we'd never last. The naysayers said when the going got tough, that we'd fold up like a Walmart lawn chair. But look at us now, baby, double digits. Welcome to episode 10, boom, boom, boom. Episode 10 of the Get You Some Radio Show. I'm your host, Terry Lancaster. And man, I hope you are having as good a time as I am. I love this. I've had a fantastic time putting these 10 episodes together. Can't wait for the next 10 episodes. But first, we got today's episode for you. Got a great guest on here for you, Felice Cohen. Felice is the author of the, uh, of the great book, 90 Lessons for Living Large in 90 Square Feet or Less. Felice uh, sent, uh, she spent about five years living in a 90 square foot apartment in, uh, in, in Manhattan, 90 square feet. Like I said, I've got, I've got t-shirts and underwear that are lar- larger than that. And she lived in there for five years. She's going to talk about some of the lessons that she learned from that. Some lessons about clearing away the clutter, some lessons about organizing your desk and from lessons about creating better systems to get more done. We're going to talk about getting a life by getting rid of the stuff. But first, don't forget to subscribe to the Get You Some Radio Show so you don't miss a single episode that we've got coming up. Go to terrylancaster.tv, terrylancaster.tv, and click the uh, big red button. It's going to be floating around up above my head there. we got a subscriber of the week. You'll get a chance to win a copy of my book, Better Self-Help for the rest of us. got other great prizes coming up for each and every episode, so don't forget to go subscribe. So I want to talk about Felice. She was living in a, in a 90 square foot apartment. And I know the vast majority of you are not going to be living in a tiny home. I don't plan on living in a tiny home anytime soon. I don't plan on uh, living in a trailer. I'm not going off the grid. But I've been interested in exploring how this concept of minimalism can apply. You know, that's the extreme version. But let's look at how just being a little more minimalistic can help improve our lives. And uh, think of my second favorite Tyler Durden quote, Tyler Durden from Fight Club. And if you've seen me speak, if you've read my book, if you read my blog or watched any of my videos, you know my favorite quote, Tyler Durden says, sticking feathers up your butt doesn't make you a chicken. But my second favorite Tyler Durden quote is this, the things you own end up owning you. And especially as business people, we get caught up in, in the trappings and salespeople, we get caught up in the trappings of more, more, more and having nicer cars and bigger houses and, and a bigger watch and shinier shoes and more colorful socks and, and all the other stuff that the stuff, we get caught up in the stuff, but it's not really about any of that. So a few years ago, I, um, I ran across the concept of minimalism, started really looking in for, in, into it and seeing how I could apply it to my life. And I'm not anywhere near close. I've still got stuff everywhere. I've got, you know, piles of stuff. I'm disorganized. I, I, need, I need more help, but I'm trying. So, and, and, and almost every day I get rid of stuff. And one of my rules is I don't buy any new stuff unless I can throw away some old stuff or donate some old stuff or, or remove some old stuff from my house. That's the only way I can bring 
some new stuff in. And I was talking to a friend of mine about this idea of minimalism and he'd never, he'd never heard of it. And he said, minimalism. So he said, so if I gave you a million dollars, you wouldn't take it. I said, dude, <laughs> dude, are you crazy? Of course, if you gave me a million dollars, I'm going to take the million dollars. I, I, I can use a million dollars. Sure. My idea of minimalism is that million dollars, that million dollars is not going to change my life dramatically because I don't want a million dollars worth of stuff. You give me a million dollars, I'll just stick it in my bank so I don't have to worry about buying my day-to-day -day regular stuff. I don't need granite countertops and I don't need a, a 5,000 square foot house and I don't need a, a, a Cadillac Escalade with uh, 20 inch rims and neon undercoating and all that stuff. I don't need the stuff. I just need to live my life. And that was really one of the, uh, the epiphanies, one of the big boy, aha, big boy word aha moments that I had when I wrote the book, Better Self-Help for the Rest of Us, that I didn't need all this stuff that we think of as the American dream, this you know, living the perfect life and living in the perfect house and driving the perfect car. I didn't need that stuff. I just needed my life, the one I'm living now, to be better. I needed my house to be better. I needed me to be better. I needed my family to be better. I needed my job and my business to be better, but I didn't need extra stuff. I needed to concentrate on the stuff that I had, keeping the main thing, the main thing. So that's what minimalism kind of means to me. And I, I struggle, I've always struggled with this in applying this to business and especially as salespeople, because as salespeople, our job is to sell more stuff, more, 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 bigger. And we think when we start a business that we need to build it bigger. We need, to, we need to get more customers. We need to get more revenue. We need to grow the revenue. We need to increase the top line. We need to hire people. We need to you know, do all this stuff to make it bigger. And um, I, I never even heard of minimalism until a couple years ago, but when I've been kind of struggling with this in my mind, it occurred to me that this is really what I've been doing my entire life. I've been in business. My main business is instant events, automotive advertising. We produce radio and TV spots and newspaper ads and direct mail for car dealerships around the U.S. and Canada. And I've been doing that for 22 years with my partner, Jeff Lee. And when we started the company 22 years ago, we sat down at a truck stop in Belden, Mississippi. That's where we formed the company, truck stop in Belden, Mississippi. We sat across the truck stop eating greasy chili dogs, looking at each other, talking about what we were going to do where we were going to take this, why we were doing this. And our why was that we wanted to support our families. At the time I had two children, Jeff had two children. We've both grown some since then, but we wanted to support our families, to support our lifestyle. We wanted to take care of us, our families. That was the main thing. And we wanted to keep the main thing, the main thing. Neither one of us were interested in creating an empire. Neither one of us were interested in building skyscrapers. Neither one of us were interested in hiring 30 salespeople and 30 design artists and 30 producers so that we would, you know, we would have this great big monolithic thing to take care of. That wasn't what we wanted to do. We wanted to build a business that would support us and support our families. And that's exactly what we did for 22 years. This business has supported his family, supported my family. It's put our children through college. It's paid our mortgages. Put, it's put food, kept food in our bellies and we both got good, decent sized bellies. So nobody's starving. We've done what we set out to do because we avoided the temptation of becoming something that we weren't. We weren't trying to be this big New York Madison Avenue ad agency. We're just a couple of guys 
producing ads for car dealerships around the world. And we had, and in, in the beginning, it was a struggle. It was a struggle for us to keep small because we, we, got, we, had, uh, we were ahead of the curve on some technological advances and we, we were talented at doing a couple of things which were very in demand for a time in the, uh, in the 90s when we started this business. And we had, we had more business that we knew what to do with. We were turning away business. It would have been very easy for us to hire people and, uh, and, and get artists and, and get staff and build everything in to, to build this big company. But then, uh, then as, as often happens, the shit hit the fan. In 2008, the, uh, the advertising industry and the automotive industry in the United States collapsed. I mean, it just, it just crumbled like a, like, a, like a Jenga tower, it just boom, disappeared. And lots of people who were doing what we did, their companies disappeared. Lots of them filed bankruptcy, both professionally and personally, because they had grown and grown and grown. And then when the shit hit the fan, they had nowhere to go. And it all fell apart. And because we had managed to stay small, and it's just him and me and a couple of employees here and there doing what we do. I've been, I've been, I've been working from home in my underwear, I swear to God, for, 20, for 22 years. I, I've been on pants now, in case you're wondering. But we've, I, we were a virtual company long before virtual company was cool. Because the main thing for us was doing the work, taking care of our customers, and taking care of our family. We didn't need to worry about appearances. And uh, we had, we, 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 this was the big decision, one of the big decisions in, this, in the beginning we had to make was were we, were we going to hire a receptionist? Because at the time it only made sense for us to hire someone to answer the phone so we would sound like a big deal. We wanted to sound like a big advertising agency, but we decided we didn't need to hire someone and pay them four, five, six hundred dollars a week to answer the phone. We can answer the dang phone. The main thing was the main thing. And it turns out it never mattered in the least. It turns out that people don't care how big your company is and people don't care what kind of car you drive and people don't care how big your house is and people don't care if you're working 80 or 90 hours a week. They care. If you do what you say you're going to do, they care if you keep the main thing, the main thing. So that's what we've done. And that's, that's been a great deal for our business. And the other, the other epiphany I've gotten from this thinking about minimalism is, is we get so lost in wanting our new stuff that we forget to be thankful for our old stuff. We want the bigger house. We want the fancier car and we want the nicer watch and we want the shinier shoes and uh, we want the better marriage and we, we want, we want the bigger company, but we forget to be, we want, and we want more customers as a business person, as a salesperson, we want more customers almost to the point that we ignore the customers that we have. But if you are grateful for the things that you have, that's what you're going to attract more of into your life. So that's the epiphany, the takeaway from today. Be sure to watch Felice Cohen. She's coming up in just a minute. She's going to tell you some more about this. But right now, just be grateful for what you have. Rejoice in the way things are and start getting rid of some stuff. We'll be back with Felice Cohen right after this. Thanks. If you're sick and tired of being sick and tired, if you're struggling to be perfect, hoping for average, and settling for anything less than the life you were born to lead. You can do better, better. Self-help for the rest of us. The groundbreaking new personal development book from Terry Lancaster. Get your free copy today at terrylancaster.com. So you know how in all the commercials they have the fast talking guy at the very end and he gives you all the important information? Well, I'm gonna give you the disclaimer right up front. 
This book will not make you a millionaire or a movie star. It's not gonna give you six pack abs, and it's not gonna give you gleaming white, perfectly straight teeth. But perfection is overrated. It's a fantasy, and it doesn't exist in nature. What this book will do is give you proven strategies for making your actual life better. You can build a better life, one better decision at a time. Better. Self-help for the rest of us. Get your free copy today at terrylancaster.com. Get you some radio. Hi there. Welcome back to the Get You Some Radio Show studio. I'm Terry Lancaster. Today's guest is Felice Cohen. Now, everyone's heard about tiny homes. It's all the rage. You turn on the TV. Every TV station has something about tiny homes. Uh, there's conventions all over the country about tiny homes. They had just had one here in Nashville not, not too long ago. They've, they've, they've got there everyone. Everyone's talking about making do with less and living bigger. And, but Lise was on the cutting edge of this. She was living in tiny homes when tiny homes weren't cool. She had uh, this tiny, I mean, I think I'll let her talk about it. I think it was like a 90 square foot apartment in New York City. So she was tiny homes. When tiny homes weren't cool, she ended up writing a book about it called How to Live Large in 90 Square Feet or More. And now she's a professional organizer and she's telling everyone else how to simplify their life. Felice, how are you? Welcome aboard. Hey, thanks, Terry. Happy to be here. All right. So tell, how, tell us how, why, what happened that you were living in a 90 square foot apartment in New York City? Well, I had been working as chief of staff to a college president, and the job was tough. And I had been working on this book with my grandfather. He's a Holocaust survivor for years. And he kept saying, when are you going to finish it? And I finally realized, unless I quit my job, I wouldn't be able to finish it. And so I said, I'm going to give myself one year. And then I had to find an apartment because I was living with my uncle. And he said it was also time to go. So all these changes <laughs> were happening. And I looked at all these apartments. And through a friend, I found this tiny apartment. And I remember she said, it's, uh, it's really small. I said, you know, how small could it be? And I went to look and it was 90 square feet, which is seven and a half feet by 12 feet. So if LeBron James were to stand in the apartment, he could right. touch that. Wow. And uh, yeah, and I thought it's only going to be for a year. I can do this just for a year. And I, and I ended up saying five because it changed my life. Yeah. Not only did I finish my grandfather's book, but the less I had, the more time I had. You know, yeah. my expenses went down, my happiness went up, my stress went down. It was great. Changed yeah. my life. You know, I, I just moved my daughters into college. Well, my, my daughters graduated from college, uh, but four years ago when I moved them in, I was completely jealous of them because I looked around at this dorm room and it had everything you needed. And it may have been a little larger than 90 square feet, but it was everything you needed without all the stuff that you didn't. And it made me, it made me really want to simplify my life. And I haven't done there yet. I, you know, I, 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 I get rid of things one little bit at a time, but you're a professional organizer as well. So you help people simplify their lives and, and, and fit into 90 square feet. So how, how do you go about that? Well, yeah, I've been uh, an organizer really for over 20 years, really since I was a kid. I just would organize my closets. I grew up in a house. I had two walk-in closets that together were almost 90 square feet. Yeah. And as a kid, I loved taking everything out and organizing, getting rid of what I didn't want, putting it back. And I had no idea this was something I could do. So I've been doing this for years in New York, in the city where apartments are smaller. Yeah. And like the city itself, you know, the buildings go up. So when you organize, you have to go up. So while I help people get rid of stuff, I also help them create systems and organize the stuff that they do have. Because, yeah. you know, we're consumers. We're 
constantly buying stuff and it's it's a constant struggle to get rid of stuff yeah it's a constant battle and you really have to work on it it's not always a one and done you know i had I, i've heard this stat and i have no idea if it's true so maybe tell me that before the 1960s there was no such thing as the self-storage industry in the united states that we didn't have all this stuff and now we have so much stuff that we have to buy places to keep our stuff um how did how did we get here I don't know. Stuff is cheap. You know, we're, we have Costco, we have BJ's, we're buying stuff. Our homes are getting bigger. So, you know, like Murphy's Law, you've got to fill the space. And I think that's what we're doing. We're filling in, you know, this American dream of buying a big house and filling it with stuff. But what people don't understand is that dream can turn into a nightmare overnight. Yeah. I mean, I grew up, my dad's a bankruptcy attorney. So I learned early on, you don't buy what you can't afford. And now we've got credit cards and people have got multiple credit cards. So, well, we just put it on the credit card. Yeah. But the thing is, we don't need it. And we, we pay month after month. I have clients. I have so many clients I've helped clean out storage units. And you'd be better off just getting rid of the stuff than paying month after month after month for stuff you don't even need or want. And when I had lived in that tiny apartment, I put 77 boxes of stuff in the storage myself. Yeah. And every year I decided to stay. I went back to storage and went through stuff. And I ended up getting rid of stuff every year. And after five years, I got rid of all 77 boxes based yeah. on the fact that I needed it or wanted it. Yeah. We, in a minute, I'll talk about the lessons you learned from, you know, from living in the small space. But let, right now, tell us the bad effects, the detrimental effects of too much stuff. And specifically, my, my audience here is mostly salespeople and entrepreneurs, but so I, I want to talk about too much stuff and how it relates to your performance and your business performance and your ability to function in your day-to-day -day life and, and build a better life and build a better business. Well, in two ways, I think stuff affects you. One is the physical stuff. You know, you got to move stuff to get to other stuff. It's taking up your time to organize stuff, looking for stuff. And that's, time is precious, especially when you're in business. I mean, I've been in business myself for years and you have to function. You have to be able to function. You need systems. But the other aspect of stuff is that mental block. Mm -hmm. You get overwhelmed by stuff. You get, it creates anxiety, seeing piles. You don't know where to begin. How do you get motivated to clean it? Yeah. And that's really where I help my clients because we all get stuck. You know, you need to lose weight. You need to do it in baby steps. You need sometimes a coach, somebody yeah. to motivate you. And that's really what I try to do. And, um, and when I do that one-on-one -on -one with clients, when I'm in the closet, when I'm in their office trying to help them create these systems, that's what I can do. And, and when I'm not there, that's why I wrote a book because it's about motivating. It's really a want to guide because it's about what you want out of life. Mm -hmm. You know, want to be successful you have to put the time in but you don't want to waste that time and for me time is more important than money it's more important than anything else and it's more it's it's, it's you know money's a renewable asset time is is definitely is the most finite of all, all finite assets uh, the thing I find is by simplifying the more stuff I have the more stuff I have on my desk that's more things I have to think about and it's more little more little neurons firing in my brain distracting me from the the thing I need to be thinking about and focusing on it, it I think stuff de depletes my focus as much as anything. Absolutely. And it's also the other things like our cell phones, the mm -hmm. beeps when you get an email, a text, these things take you out of the moment. If you're focusing, and I do a talk on how to organize your workspace for success, because I had been chief of staff to a college president, and that really was just took all my organizing abilities and put it to the test. But we're getting distractions all the time, and you can't be productive if you're distracted because you have to get back into the, the work mode. 
So I always say to try to do like a 45 minute, really a push of hard work and shut off all your distractions, all your notifications. So let's talk about that. You you say you do a talk on, on organizing your workspace. What are some tips that we can do to organize our workspace and simplify our, our space to, to increase our productivity? Sure. So like you mentioned, your desk, that's the hot zone. That is where you're working and you need all your work done. And the only things you should have on your desk are your computer, your phone. Um, I say a to-do list and an inbox. Mm-hmm. That's really all you need. Whatever you're working on at the time, if you're working on, and I know sometimes we work on two or three things at a time, you have the space to spread out, but you shouldn't have anything else on your desk. And I know when I get overwhelmed, when there's a lot of things going on, I take all the things I have to do and I put it in one pile. Mm-hmm. And then I create a to-do list. So I go through that list and I write them down. Because sometimes when we know we have a lot to do, it, it takes up our brain and things feel like you get overwhelmed. But when you can see it on a list, it's like a recipe. You know how you can make the chicken dish because all the steps are listed. And that's kind of what a to-do list can help you do. And when you see the list, you can see oh, what's quicker and easier to do. And I always say, do the easy things first. Yeah. Because one, they're easy to get done. Two, they motivate you because you're starting to get things done. You're motivated to get the bigger, harder things done. All right. So, so what, what, uh, when, what, uh, tell us about the, the living experience day to day and what was your biggest obstacle from living in, in a space that small? How did it, how did it affect? I think, I think that's the, how did, how did you wash your dishes? How did you brush your teeth? How did, how did things get done? Yeah, well, I didn't have a kitchen, so yeah. I had a, uh, a mini sink in the bathroom. And I remember the first night washing a dish thinking, didn't I just do this in college? <laughs> um, but you know what? It, it, first, I realized I had to have a priority. Now, the first night I slept in that apartment, I had a panic attack because I had 23 inches only between the mattress and the ceiling. And I woke up like with all sides covered. And I, and I had a friend stay over because I thought I'd fall out of the bed. And and after I finally calmed down and I was lying on the floor, I got out of the bed and she asked me, why did you move here? And as soon as I reminded myself, it was to write a book about my grandfather. Yeah. I remembered all the stories my grandfather told me of being in the Holocaust. And I thought, this is paradise compared to that. And I realized as long as I kept my focus on my priority, then everything else would be fine. And I ended up loving that apartment after that. And sure, there were times when I thought, oh, I wish I had more room. But I had created a system in that apartment. So when I was working, the whole apartment became my office. Mm-hmm. When I was making dinner in my toaster oven, the whole apartment became my kitchen. When I was getting dressed, the whole place became my, my closet. And I just realized it wasn't going to be forever. But it was because I had this goal, and that was to finish writing my first book. And, and for me, that was the reminder of why I was kind of sacrificing space. But the other aspect with how much better my life became. I wasn't stressed. I was, I was doing what I wanted. I woke up when I wanted. I was riding my bike more. I was going to yoga. I was living the life I wanted to live. And that lifestyle was worth so much more than square footage. Yeah. It's, it, it sounds uh, very, very zen the way you, you said that my whole room became what it was, but my, my whole moment became, the, my, this moment became the room. My, my, the moment became the space. There's something uh, kind of poetic yeah. about that is that it occupied your entire being because there wasn't so much other stuff to, to distract you from that, that moment. Yeah. And you know, when you think about it, we don't, as people, we don't take up much space. Mm-hmm. It's the stuff that takes up our space. You know, here, here's another stat I heard, and, and I, I had to Google this and, and do the math in my head because I didn't believe it. If you, if you took every person 
in the world, 7 billion people, and gave them each like 10 square feet to stand in, they would take up Texas. Wow. The rest, the rest of the space is space. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so there's, there's, there's yeah. not as many people, you know, and you know, maybe, maybe you can't live in 10 square feet, but obviously you can live in 90, so we got a, we got a lot of space out there, so. Yeah, and we're all just trying to fill it. Yeah. So what are, what are some of the le- you, 90 lessons, 90 lessons on living large in 90 square feet or more? Take us through some of the lessons. What, uh... you know, like the first one I start off and I say, organizing is as easy as one, two, three, because really the things you want to do is one, get rid of what you don't need and get rid of what you don't need and then kind of categorize the rest and then put it away. And like, you know, we have stuff all over the house. How many times you go out and you're like, oh, I think I need band-aids. Mm-hmm. You don't know. You go home, you got band-aids in this bathroom, in this drawer, all over. So right. you kind of have to try to create systems in your home. And, and I like to think of the home as a jigsaw puzzle. Mm-hmm. Because, I, I, you know, ever since I was a kid, I loved puzzles because I love creating that order. And you think of everything in your home as a piece. And everything has a place where it belongs. And so if you've got a pile of stuff because you don't know where it goes, do you yeah. really need it? Right. I like to say, um, you know, like when here's a tip when you've got your sheets, how many people have a linen closet where there's sheets all over and you can't find, I like to put a whole set of sheets in one pillowcase and yeah. you just grab the pillowcase. It just, it just makes it easier. Yeah. Um, you know, I also say, you know, to get motivated, here's a trick, reward yourself. You know, there's right. something you really had to do. You know, if there's a project I have to do, I say, okay, when I'm done, I'm going for a bike ride or I'm going to get a latte or something. Yeah. And sometimes it motivates, but also when you have a big project, say you want to organize your whole closet or you want to write a book, you got to break it down into baby steps. So I always say, start with your socks, mm-hmm. just do your tumble the socks on your bed, put on some music and go through your socks. Now we all have socks with a hole in the toe that were, you know, stick in the sock, get rid of the sock. Yeah. You can't have, doesn't have a match. You haven't worn it. You just get rid of it. And yeah. By just starting and starting smaller, it helps. And um, one thing I always tell people to do is, if I say to you, Terry, okay, can you get rid of five things today? Mm-hmm. Just five things. It could be a paper clip. It could be a Tupperware missing a lid. And people are like, yeah, I can get rid of five things. And what if you did that every day for a week? Mm-hmm. Before you go to bed, just get rid of five things. You walk around the house and that's a lot of stuff in a week before you even realize it. So you're just trying to make it easier on yourself. Yeah, I, uh, one of the things I do is uh, I, have, uh, I keep track of streaks and uh, for exercising, I run every day. And I've done that for a while with, with, with throwing stuff away. Every day, I'm going to get rid of something. I'm, I'm going to get rid of something and, and throw it away or take it to the recycling or, or give it to Goodwill. Whoever I'm going to get rid of, I'm going to, I'm going to get it out of, of my space. So, I mean, it sounded like when, with you, you got started and you did this for one reason. You did this to write the book and uh, you ended up writing the book in a year. And I mean, writing a book is a monumental undertaking, but that led to more things that started cascading from there. And uh, I guess just the focus, the ability to open up and, and clear the path. Yeah. I mean, I moved in, I, I, I moved into that tiny space to write about my grandfather and I never planned to sell one copy of my grandfather's book. And it was because of that tiny space with the YouTube video went viral that it kind of put my grandfather's book on the map. And, and after the video went viral, I got emails from people around the world saying, you know, I saw your video, I bought your book, your grandfather was a hero. Yeah. And for me, you know, then that led to writing my other book on organizing. Right. 
realized that, you know, this one thing I moved in for just a year and it ended up changing my life. And it ended up, you know, by looking back at my past, I was able to kind of create this future. And yeah, I think that, help with the focus. Yeah. I, I think that's what I tell everyone. When, when, once you start and opportunities beget opportunities and uh, it's just a question of, of, like you said, clear, clearing the path so you can see what, what, what the future might hold because we get distracted by hanging on to our baggage, whether it's physical baggage or, or internal baggage or everything. And we get, we, we latch onto the stuff. That's what, you know, I guess people want to hang on to stuff for, for emotional reasons. How do the emotions get tangled up in stuff? I got a lot of emotions, a lot of people with uh, emotions and stuff. You know, it, it depends on our past. You know, I have older clients, maybe they were living during the depression or their parents were living during the depression and they couldn't get rid of anything. Or some people have something because it costs a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You know, I had this client who lived in Brooklyn and she had a beautiful apartment. She didn't have much closet space. One whole closet just had her wedding dress in it. And I said, why do you have this? She'd been divorced for five years. Yeah. I said, does this dress bring you mem happy memories? She said, not at all, but it costs so much money. I said, you have to sell the dress. You have to sell it. You need the closet space. You don't need the dress. And I remember months later, she had sold it and she said she met someone. Now, I don't know if it's if it all was karma or whatever, but I think it's part of whether it's it's a physical holding on to something or it's mental, too. Maybe she was stuck in that and wasn't ready to move on. But we love stuff. And I, I always say, you know, that if you have stuff that's sentimental, I had a client who had her grandmother's dishes and boxes in her basement. And I said, if it's that sentimental, you should use the dishes every day. Or yeah. at least once a week. And she goes, well, what if I break one? I said, it's a dish. Yeah. It's not your grandmother. Your grandmother would want you to use it. So try to think what you really love and use it. Put it out on a shelf. Hang it yeah. up on your wall. You know, put it on your bed, whatever it is. You know, I do the same thing. I have my grandmother's mason jar. She was a country, you know, country girl. She, 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 she planted her own garden and grew her own food and she kept it in cans. And I have about maybe you know, a, a dozen or two mason jars. And instead of having them in the basement, I can in them. I keep I keep stuff in the fridge in them. They're out on my counter with you know the flour and the coffee and the sugar in them, and I, I see them every day and I think of her. That's great. Yeah, that's a great idea. So tell us what you're doing now. Yeah, I know you're doing a lot of the speeches and you're doing a lot of workshops. You, who tell tell us about that aspect? Sure, I am still doing talks about my grandfather's book. I'm doing talks about the uh, Living Large, the 90 Lessons book. I'm going to tiny house festivals. I'm hopefully going to be in Nashville next fall for that one. But yeah. these tiny house festivals are popping up and people of all ages are interested in this. And I think the reason, especially the feedback I'm getting is more people are wanting experiences over stuff. Mm -hmm. And So I'm doing talks about how to live large because, you know, the thing I ask people is what do you love to do and why aren't you doing it more? And for many people, it's because they're busy with their stuff. Mm -hmm. They're cleaning their stuff. They're working to pay for their stuff. Mm -hmm. And to get more out of life, it's about making the priority of what you love to do and working towards that because, you know, life is short and mm -hmm. we want to get the most out of it. And, and so that's what I'm talking about now. And I've got um, a couple stories and books that are coming out. One just came out, one book called Habits and Attitudes, and I'm working on a, on a memoir. Um, so it's just about, you know, I'm living my life every day enjoying my life, doing what I want out of life. And I just want to help other people to do that as well. How many square feet do you have now? I'm in a palace now. I'm in <laughs> five times bigger. It's about 490 square feet. Oh, 490 square feet. That is yeah. still technically, that's a tiny home, right? That's what's the rule. 500 square feet is the tiny home. So 
Yeah, it's uh, it's just two blocks from my tiny apartment in Manhattan. And, right. Um, and when I was actually evicted from that tiny apartment, uh, I remember talking to my grandfather and uh, I said, I'm having trouble looking for another apartment because everything was three or four times more expensive. And right. said, you know what, I'm, I want you to buy a place. And he gave me the down payment. He said, you lived in a shoebox to write about my life. Yeah. Now I want to help you enjoy yours. So I love it. Yeah. And you, you, you work with businesses. I know you do, you, you do in, uh, consulting and helping people organize. You work with businesses or mostly individuals. Tell me about what kind of customers are you working with? Sure. I have all kinds of customers. Um, I have individuals, I have families and I have businesses. Um, a lot of times in offices, they want help with how to make their office run smoother. So mm -hmm. I'm helping them create systems, helping them to kind of look, see out of the box. Because again, like we talked about, it's time and you know, you don't want your employees wasting time because that's wasted money. So how to, you know, how to look at their office. Yeah, that, that's kind of the thing that time is more valuable than more money and expense is more valuable than stuff. All right. So the audience, salespeople and entrepreneurs, I, I, my promise to them is that every week they're going to get one action step. Here's one thing you can do today make your life better, to make your business better. Maybe you can do it again tomorrow. Maybe you can do it seven days in a row, 14 days in a row, 800 days in a row. Maybe you can turn it into a habit. So what's the one thing, the one action step that you would encourage people to take as soon as they quit watching today? What can they do to get started? Well, I think they got to start by asking themselves, what's their goal? And then write down a list. Try to make a list of the steps to that goal and then try to do one thing a day. Mm -hmm. And if your goal is to write Maybe you just write a few words a day. If you want to write a book, just do something. If you can just spend, even if it's five minutes a day, working towards that goal. Mm -hmm. If it's the clean out clutter, even if you just got rid of one thing a day, try to focus on that. Remind yourself, even if it's five minutes a day, you know, give that to yourself first before you get busy doing email. Give yourself five minutes a day, work towards that goal. To do the one thing for you. Felice, how does everyone get in touch with you if they need you? Uh, you can go to my website, FeliceCohen.com, and there's all my contact info for Twitter and Facebook and books and, and everything. And the book's on Amazon, yes? Yes, Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Everyone. All right, so, so we'll have all of that in the show notes, Felice Cohen at FeliceCohen.com, and 90 Lessons for Living Large in 90 Square Feet or More on Amazon. Felice, thank you so much. I appreciate your inspiration. I'm going to go throw something away right now. Thank Thanks, Terry. It was great. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Felice Cohen, thank you so much for being here on the Get You Some radio show. And you out there in the world watching the show on the YouTube, watching the show on the Facebook, you, I want you to click off right now. I want you to click the close button and I want you to go throw something away. You don't need all the stuff. Get rid of some stuff and be sure to come back next week to the Get You Some radio show. We're going to have my buddy, the godfather of Nashville networking, Mr. Sherman Moore on the Get You Some Radio Show next week. I'll see you then. Get You Some Radio. You've been listening to the Get You Some Radio Show. Subscribe today at terrylancaster.tv to hear more episodes, win valuable cash and prizes, and get free training to help you create an army of buyers who know, like, and trust you before they've ever even met you. It's a big, wide world, boys and girls. Get out there and get you some.